Hello, my gorgeous friend. How are you? Hello, Monique. How are you? You're here in my I apartment. Am, guys who are in the Brooklyn studio. Hey! Oh, I love Amy's that. Apartments. That sounds so fancy. Yeah, I mean, it is fancy. There's, like, since the last time I've been here, which is a couple months. Yeah. It's a completely different setup. It basically is, yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous. You walked in here and you were just like, what the fuck happened? No, but like in a good way. Yeah. We have so many like new new things. Yes. Um, and I get to see your lovely face in person, which is just a joy. I know. You look gorgeous, as Thank always. Thank you. You look gorgeous. Stop it. I'm just wearing all the sweaters because it's like All the layers. Out. It's so cold. I know. <laughs> it's so fucking cold. Uh, we'll probably be like sweating by the end of this because we're- I'm into it though. Locked in this room, but yeah. we need it. We were bitching about how cold it was last week, and then it literally, like, snowed <laughs> right after that. Like, yes, right did. after that. It did. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, I got to shovel all the snow off my car with a dustpan afterwards. Fuck yeah. Super fun. Because apparently I don't own a, like, scraper <laughs> for your window, I realized, <laughs> belatedly. Yeah, you, those are things that you realize you don't own, like, in the moment. Yes, when you're like, oh, I need this, like, immediately. Right now. Like, literally right now. I don't have one. Great. I thought I did. Clearly not nailing that. Nope. Nope. So dustpan works for anybody who... There you go. If it's light, if it's light enough snow. So, um, life hacks. Life hacks. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the tool. I was like, a scraper? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Also, this is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. I'm Amy Traden. You're on your fucking shit today, girl. Right? It's because I'm in person, so I'm on it. I love it. Yeah, I got pants on this time. Girl, I put a bra on for you. This is real. Yeah. You didn't have and to do jeans. that. And jeans. No, you deserved it. No, she looks gorgeous. She's wearing Thank her, you. like, pink tie-dye shirt, which is the that cutest. I yeah. I love it. Thank you. Uh, so, news. One, Bob Saget died. Oh, Okay. Which fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, and Robert Durst died, which fucked that motherfucker. Which does not suck. It doesn't suck. Which is it great. It does suck that he was in prison for literally four seconds. Yeah, he had um, to get out of it. After, mil- like, killing a billion people. But fuck this motherfucker. Yeah. The world is better without him in it. I'm okay with this. Bye. Bye. But it is the first time I've seen you in person since right after my birthday. Yes. Yes. And I have Christmas ah! presents for you. Oh my gosh. Monique is so good. It's like full disclosure. I didn't get Monique her gift yet because I'm a trash person. No, she's not a trash person. I know what it is and I'm going to get it for her, but I just... Have not got their wrapped and everything too. God, you're so good, Moni. She's so freaking cute. <laughs> also, I felt like so bad about getting you a gift after I basically broke you with the last one. So I was like, I have to get her something that's like. Are you kidding me? I was fun. I was admiring and... the gift that broke me today. Really? Yes, because Yay. it's in my bedroom and I love it so much. The gift that broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I told Amy this. I had a, uh, an ex-boyfriend give me a diamond ring, and I didn't cry when I got that. Because that's not sentimental. That's just fucking expensive. It's nice. It's a nice gift, but it's not something that like says I know you and I love you and I want to speak to your soul. 10,000%. Yes. Yes. Life advice. You don't need a lot to give somebody a really thoughtful gift. 10,000%. You just need to know them as a person. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm opening. Yes. Oh my God. Monique. Okay. So one, it's a little bit late, obviously, because we're already into the new year. But it is a <gasps> daily ghost stories calendar because you always say that you have a little bit harder time with the paranormal stuff. So this is a way to help you out. This is so fucking sweet. I do <laughs> always have a hard time with the paranormal stories. So you have 365 ghost stories. Oh my gosh. Tales of haunted houses, paranormal investigators, and the relentless dead. 
Fuck yes. Oh my god, I'm totally using this. All right. Get ready, Monique. I'm so fucking ready. Dude, I'm so fucking excited. I was like, should we see what today's is? Yeah. I feel like we should do that. Or should we do what it's going to be for the episode? Yeah, let's do what it's going to be for the episode. Okay. For today, January 16th. Could I be worse at turning pages? (laughs) Funnel ghost. Funnel ghosts are also called vortex ghosts. They resemble a funnel or a spinning whirlpool. Mm. When seen in a photograph, some attribute this ghost to a camera strap or a hair in front of the lens. A cold spot sometimes accompanies this ghost, and it is most often seen in old buildings. Huh. I had never heard such a thing. Me neither. I want to know, like, is this only on a camera? Do people, like, see these and they look like vortexes? Because that's pretty crazy. If you have, let us know. Tell me. I need to know. I was like, was today's better? Oh, today for the day we're recording, it's the Ouija board. Yes! Which, thanks to Monique, we know fucking all about. So (laughs) I don't need to even read it to you. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay, and then she got me something else because Mm. she's extra amazing and she went above and beyond. (laughs) I am obsessed with you! (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, she got me the most beautiful teacup. And then at the bottom, it says... You have been poisoned. So now I can scare the shit out of my friends when I serve them tea in this. Because Amy has a thing with, like, vintage teacups. I do have a thing with vintage teacups, and I fucking love them. And I I told you I had, like, just bought, like, a fancy vintage ashtray with, like, flowers and stuff on it. So this is completely my aesthetic, and... I believe there's a saucer in there, too, as well. Oh, my God, she's right! I got too excited too early. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so beautiful! I was like ready for the saucer to say like, and now I'm gonna throw this at your head or something. <laughs> like, odd job style. I love this so much. It's so beautiful. I'm gonna take a really nice picture of it. I'm gonna post it to Instagram because yeah. it's gorgeous. <gasps> Alright, watch out, Johnny. <laughs> The best part is he doesn't really listen to all the episodes, so there's a very good chance he's not going to hear that, so it's fine. (laughs) It's true. Extra hilarious. Thank you so much. That was so amazing. Oh, my God. Stop it. Now we got you this. No. Nellie. (laughs) She's not going to hear the episodes either because it scares her. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm dying, though. That's so sweet. Oh, my God. Nellie. I can't handle it. So fucking cute. And it's bloody. So she bought me one. I'm obsessed. And then she's like, no, this needs to be a set. I need to get one for Amy. I fucking love it. It's It's this badass necklace that says my name. It's the nameplate. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like a bloody It's like bloody letters, like a bloody font. And it's a fucking necklace. Like our fucking, (gasps) like our font. I'm so obsessed. It's so good. so Fucking awesome, dude. It's so good. <gasps> Nelly! Girl, I love it. You're not going to hear this, but you nailed it. <laughs> this is so fucking cool. It's so good. All it right, everybody. Good. Well done. Kudos. Claps on the gifts this year. Merry Christmas, my love. Thank you. Merry Christmas to oh, you. Thank you. I will I will get you your gift. <laughs> you, you are my gift. You are a total joy Stop it. in my life. I'm so happy and blessed and grateful to have you in my life. I am. Same. Ditto. All the things. 
you're so amazing. You're and so amazing. Only further proved by these fucking amazing gifts, dude. I really cannot get over the you have been poisoned teacup. I went through so many different ones of those. Like people being like, it's just a sticker at the bottom. Like, well, fuck that. I don't want that one. Like I, there's like very, there's a lot of different companies that do this. I'm sure. So I was like, this one's legit. This one got the good reviews. And it was like, it seemed more like the aesthetic of the, like the super fancy. No, it totally does. Like, Monique, you have fantastic taste. I would not <laughs> doubt anything that you picked, honestly. honestly I'm friends with you. Aww. You. Stop it. No, I will Oh, post. my God. I refuse. You are <laughs> so amazing. I can't even fucking express to you how wonderful it is to have you in my life. I honestly kept, like, reading our text messages from last night back <laughs> because yeah. I sent Monique the pictures of the woman marrying her 300-year-old pirate, i.e. just the picture of Johnny Depp. Uh-huh. And, I, like, we... <laughs> yes. Monique lost it. Couldn't handle it. No, I no. was like, I know. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. And yeah. I just, like, could not get over your reaction. So I literally, like, kept going back and reading it over and just being like, oh, this, like, makes me happy. No, that, the, I was not emotionally prepared for those pictures. No that one is. Insane. No like, one is. it actually, it, like, like, yes. Okay. What Amy described is completely accurate. Yes. It's a woman getting married to a picture of Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. That is completely accurate. But for some reason, my brain just like didn't understand that's what it actually was. Yes. Because it is. It actually legitimately is that. But it's like. She's in a wedding dress. Like someone is holding the giant picture of Johnny Depp. It's like an oil painting. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's not like a fucking poster. No. It's actually ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I I (laughs) told you. I was like crying laughing in the episode because I was just like, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I mean, yes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. By the way, the show that it was from is called Unexplained Caught on Camera. And apparently the caught on camera portion is literally just her wedding photos. Like, that was this... That's the caught on camera? Yes! I was like, where did the... Where... How is this caught on camera? And then I realized, like, that's the wedding photos. It's like, you can't see the ghost in the wedding photos. It's the picture of Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp. Girl. Girl. People are wild. I mean, facts. Yes. They got divorced, Monique. That is the thing that still gets me. Is like, you married a ghost and you still couldn't keep it together. God damn no. it. What, what, you know, what did the rest of us have? What odds <laughs> what do we have? Do we have? None. No, None. Um, for those who are interested, I finished watching Succession. <gasps> it's so good. I can't handle it. Oh my God. She did. And did we definitely just drag Johnny into like a... 45 minute conversation about it realistically i'm gonna amend that and say oh we he didn't drag him oh no. he he volunteered he jumped yeah and jumped at the, the opportunity he, to have a 45 minute conversation with happily happily yeah yeah it's so good it's he's so almost good. as obsessed with it as you i think it's like i'm gonna say probably is more so maybe, because he yeah. knows he knows the ins and outs and he I've does seen it one one shot through he literally like follows the subreddit and like yeah see i don't even know there's a subreddit Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's more obsessed than I am. And I respect that choice. But your level of enthusiasm is, like, yes. very... 10,000%. Very similar. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I feel like it's rare, especially... Like, you'll get very excited about a show, but it's, yes. like, rare for Johnny to get, like... It's so good. ...that fucking excited. So, it's been recommended. I'm recommending it. Monique's recommending it's it. So Johnny's good. recommending it. Like, watch mm. fucking Succession. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Oh, my God. I need, like, 15 more episodes right now. I know! I know. It's so good. Yeah, I always kind of like, that'll kind of always be on in the background of during my week. So I've, I'll watch, you know, a few episodes here and I there. we watch a few episodes. I, uh, I had apparently missed out on an entire season of Queer Eye. So I ended up watching all of that. 
Oh, nice. Which is very nice. Yeah. I've never seen an episode of like the quote unquote new. It's very good. I get that's what I hear. Yeah. That you cry a lot. I was gonna I was literally about to be like, I mean, there was an episode where like literally within the first like three minutes, I was already like wiping tears and like having to get up and being like, I'm getting a drink from the kitchen. That's tough. Because when I was I just like, like, I literally just like, this is so fucking emotional and sad already. And I just like can't. Because I'm a sap. I cry like everything. I cry so much. But it's so good. And it's no, like, no, I ugh, know. It's, I know. It's a really like good, feel good show. And just like fucking Jonathan is so, Bobby's actually unexpectedly hilarious too. Mm-hmm. So just a good like, you're feeling a little down this week. Throw in some queer eye. It's always cool. good. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. I'm actually realizing that I've apparently missed, this happened with what we do in the shadows too. Like yeah. I missed like six new seasons of shows that I like love and was so excited about the new season coming out and then somehow I like completely missed the announcement and the whole season came out and I had no idea. Maybe because you have to do a term paper every week and then maybe it and edit it and that might be why. <laughs> uh but I'm really excited. Um I'm gonna have like Well you have like backlogs of TV, which is yeah, I was gonna say. So maybe I'll get to catch up on some stuff. We'll see. Yeah. Anything else you've been watching? Anything new? No, I literally just made it a point to finish succession before I came here. She was like, I have to do this. It was like Amy's going to ask me. And I was like, no, I, I need to I need to know how this ends. Because it was a whole I thing that him. Amy was like, we need to like talk about when it ends. Yeah. Like, like we need and I couldn't go like another week without talking about it. So I was like, all right. This is why I love you, Monique. I love you. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking secession is so good. I love it so much. It's so fucking good. Like, I can't handle it. Uh, I know. It's gonna be a long time for the next season too, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, anyone who watches Succession. Could you let me know if you find Roman Roy attractive? Because I very much do, and it's very concerning to me. <laughs> Why? Do you feel like you're not supposed to? I don't know if I'm supposed to. Like, and I, or I don't know if I'm supposed to, or this is just, like, keeping in line with my bad taste in men. I was like, you love a damaged guy. Yeah. I love a damaged dude. That's you, the yeah. thing. I love a damaged dude. Mm. Like, big time. Yep. I mean, I kind of think you can get it, but... I mean, especially after the penultimate episode. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that we, like, no, the detail we were, we were, there we go. You know, exposed like, to. No, no spoilers, but yes. You're, Roman Roy can fucking get it. He can um, get it. Mm. Oh yeah. But then again, I'm also not the safest barometer for what is <laughs> normal and or sane. So we still might need outside input Yeah, on I would this. love. Uh, like, are there people, like, in healthy, loving relationships who are, like, <laughs> Roman is... Here's the thing. No, no, no. I don't even need you to tell me that Roman is, like, the worst choice ever. I'm very aware of that. We know I that. actually yeah. know that. I don't That's know part that. of the appeal, I think, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Because the thing is, I don't want to fix him. No. I just find him fascinating. Yeah. And his arrogance is, like, sexy. Oh, yeah. And it's that, like, he, I feel like he doesn't give a fuck. And so fuck he's just, really like... Bad down for whatever he's like down for what he actually wants to do and it and seems yeah it's appealing fucking great and like a button down and like slash yeah he's like take off his belt <laughs> <laughs> all right girl i support this i'm not gonna i'm glad i'm not you know i'm not naysaying this you're not yucking my yum no i'm not <laughs> yucking i've never heard that before but really? i really I, nope oh, i really yeah. enjoyed that uh no i'm very concerned at how how attracted i am to roman roy I mean, big time. It's it's very concerning. To me. I should. I'm more concerned with how adorable I think Greg is. Because oh my like, God. 
Oh, because in real life, Greg is the one I'm going for 10,000 Oh, I mean, obviously, hands down. Like, in a second, yes. I'm absolutely going for Greg. Yes. And, like, he's so sweet. He's so cute. I can't handle him. Literally facts. And then when they're kind of like, this chick is too hot for you, I'm like, I really don't think so. I think Greg is really fucking He's very cute. attractive. Yeah. He's a little nerdy and, like, dorky, I but love I love it. that. He's so uh, cute so about endearing. it, though. Yes! And I think he's 6'4". Oh, yeah, he's real tall. Oh, my God. We have, like... Amazon babies. Oh my god, they'd be beautiful though. I mean, totally. He's yeah, so cute. I would support that. Yeah, no, in real life, cousin Greg is so great for us. <laughs> Literally, every time he comes on, I'm just like, anything he says, I'm just like, oh my god, I just love him so much. He's so cute. He's Not so great funny. Piece, though. Um, Not good. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, if you watch Succession, hit, hit us up. Let us know. Yes, we want to talk about it all of the time. Yes, we're not turning this into a Succession podcast though. There is already one of those. Right. So we will. Probably have a separate podcast. <laughs> that comes later. This is later. still the paranormal true crime podcast that you know and love. Mm. Speaking of. Yeah, girl. Do you have a spooky what the fuck paranormal story for me? I sure fucking do. I bet you do. You didn't come all this way with no story, Monique. Absolutely not. Could you imagine that? If I was like, no, I don't. I would honestly, <laughs> honestly, you totally could. And I'd just be like, all right, let's hang out. Watch let's a movie. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Girl, I couldn't get over the pictures you sent me and this fucking like. A fucking a Johnny Depp ghost situation. Yes. So I'm doing spectrophilia. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you actually go back and watch that no, episode? So I okay. Watch that. She actually does mention her sexual relationship with the ghost in that episode. So I am like extra here for this right now mm-hmm. because it was already on my mind. Of oh. course, it's it's never gonna leave it. it it's oh, it's never, never gonna leave it. it. The pictures are fucking ridiculous. Like, this, this, and the hammock. Are oh there no, they're forever. permanently <laughs> forever burned into my retinas. My friend started listening to the episodes. Oh my gosh! I just listened to that episode, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Girl, girl I know, never, I know. You're never gonna see a hammock the same way again." <laughs> oh my god! One time I walked uh, up to Pier 17, and they have that like big open yeah. area in front, and literally for some reason Sex. they hammocks they just had like a bunch of hammocks out there and i like literally stopped walking and just started hysterically laughing. it was very shortly after that episode too and i just started like hysterically laughing about it and then like obviously people are starting to give me weird looks and i was like no one's gonna understand this i'm just gonna keep walking i love it um so sources wikipedia.com buzzfeed.com glamour.com dr mark griffiths.wordpress.com psychology stackexchange.com, metro.co.uk, thecut.com, marieclaire.com, psmag.com, and newyorkpost.com. Spectrophilia is classified both as a phenomenon and a fetish, depending on how the term is being used. Spectrophilia as a phenomenon is where one has a sexual encounter with a ghost. When categorized as a possible paraphilia, which is the extreme sexual arousal caused by atypical objects, situations, or persons, spectrophilia means the sexual attraction to ghosts or spirits. Interestingly, spectrophilia can also be defined as being sexually aroused by objects and images seen in mirrors. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And while the second definition may seem vastly different from its more popular definition, both refer to sexual arousal being brought on by something that isn't really there. So Okay. Yeah. So that kind of tracks then. That makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. 
The concept of fucking a ghost is as old as time. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh my God. Yes. Tell first, me. First referenced in Mesopotamia, medieval legends told the tale of succubus and incubus, demons who would invade human bodies and have sex with them. If you may remember from episode five of our podcast, Damn. it was that long ago. Damn. Five. Yeah, I was going to say that was one, like, the, one of the first stories you told, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I discussed the incubus and my possible experience with one. An incubus is a demon who takes on the male form and has sex with a human woman with the intention of impregnating her with his ghost sperm. Their female counterpart, the succubus, is a demon who takes on female human form to seduce men and is said to take semen from the men to use in impregnating a woman. For a time, it was believed that copulation with an incubus is how witches were conceived, and even Merlin was believed to have been fathered by an incubus. Really? Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Me neither. That's pretty wild. I know. Apparently that's why he's like super powerful and shit. All right. The cross-cultural phenomenon of demons or spirits having sex with humans is also super prevalent in ancient Greek and Roman mythology, which is chock full of stories of gods coming down to earth and getting it on with humans and fathering children who are half human and half divine. Hercules is among the most famous of these demigods. Yeah, we have, I weirdly like brought this up no, like thirty minutes right ago. That's so weird. We started recording, and I was kind of like. <laughs> I know something you don't know. Know Oh my God, every time. Because we're psychic sisters, Amy. Yes, we really are. Literally. It's getting proved to me more and more every day. It's just a verifiable fact every week. Yes. So, okay, that was fucking ancient Rome and Mesopotamia. But are people today claiming that they're going to bone town (laughs) with something from the other side? And if you can believe it, yes. yes. Now, first, I want to make a distinction. There's sex with a ghost and there's ghost rape, which okay is the same rules as, as in real life. In, right. In, in, consent. In, consent, right? Mm-hmm. Ghost rape is the phenomenon when people feel like they've been assaulted by spirits against their will, which is more in line with what I experienced, although it wasn't a rape, but it definitely felt like an assault. Folklorist David J. Hufford believes that up to 15% of people, quote, experience being assaulted in their sleep by an unknown entity at some point in their lives, end quote. Alarming. That's too high of a percentage. That's way too high of a percentage. Way higher than I thought. I'm I was comfortable with that. Yeah. I, if you said two, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 15? No, that's a lot. That's a lot. Even 1% of the population. Is way too much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because 1% of the United States is 3 million people. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't like that. The most famous case study of this is arguably that of Doris Bither, who contacted parapsychologist Barry Taff in 1974 to tell him that she'd been sexually assaulted by a ghost and needed his help. Can you imagine fielding that call? Like, Jesus. Girl. <laughs> like, I thought about it, and I was like, okay. No one wins on this. So one year, like, I have to make a phone call about this. Yeah. And then the person getting the call is like, KK, what? What? Also, it was probably like some secretary. It's like, I'm sorry, you what happened? And you want me to tell them what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine. So in one of the articles that I read, I'm just going to read a, a quote from this. Dr. Barry Taff and his associate, Carrie Gaynor, conducted a paranormal investigation in the home of Doris Bither, a single mother of four children. The ghost, according to Doris and her children, caused physical harm to Doris, including observable bruises, and raped her. 
during the Taft Gaynor investigation of the doors for their home, a camera recorded visual anomalies where an orb of light appeared in such a way that no known source within the room could have caused the curvature of light as seen in the photograph. Light, even if it had come from a source within the room, could not bend the way it appears in the photograph. End quote. What? Okay. Creepy. I, I'm doing the, the, the shrug emoji. I, of like, I have to trust what this person says because yeah. I don't know enough about the curvature of light to tell you otherwise. I know nothing about light. <laughs> Correct, yes. Zero things. The case inspired Frank DeFelita's 1978 book, The Entity, which was made into a 1982 film of the same name starring Barbara Hershey. But most, which I have never seen, but now I kind of want to. Yeah, I was like, that sounded kind of familiar. I didn't realize it was based on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But most people who have talked about getting intimate with the Randy Specter have all said the same thing, that it was orgasmic and mind-blowing, with the common theme being that their otherworldly encounter was the best sex that they've ever had. I mean, it fucking better be, right? Like, I mean, could if you he's imagine- a one-pump chump and he's fucking, it's like, dude, what Girl. the hell? Girl. Get out of here. Get out of here with your <laughs> limp ghost <laughs> Like, one, your dad, I feel like you should have outside, like, you should have access to knowledge outside yourself at that, that point. Like, yeah. Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. Like, d- you shouldn't be subject to the physical limitations of a human body. So, right. yeah, you should be able to go all night, fucking yeah. twist you into a pretzel or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I certainly don't. I'm just saying. We're going to find out. So yeah. Patty Negri, a witch and celebrity medium who says she's quote-unquote, the foremost expert on ghost sex, said on radio show Paranormal Review that ghost sex is more than just a sudden orgasmic sensation. She said, quote, It's not just like you're feeling orgasmic. You're feeling specifically where they are touching. They're touching my left breast. They're touching down there. They're touching something. You actually feel penetration often, end quote. What? And... Amethyst Realm can attest to this. In 2018, the 30-year-old counselor made headlines claiming that not only had she banged 20 ghosts, but that, Holy fuck! But that she was engaged to be married to one. Damn girl, get it! Right? Yeah! Get it. Double-digit ghosts. Yeah. yeah! Slay those ghosts. <laughs> Fucking girl. She said, quote, My new ghost lover is really special wise, stable, and kind. And I am not 100% sure if it is male or female, but I have found true love. We met when I went on a trip to Australia early this year. Spirits usually remain in one place, but I am delighted that this one followed me back to the UK. I was happy and excited, so excited in fact, that we headed to the Plain Lou and I am now a member of the Mile High Club." End quote. Bitch, what? <laughs> All right, now. She got her fuck on in an airplane. Damn. All right. Get it. I mean, here's the thing. I will say those bathrooms are really tiny. So it is optimal to have to fuck with a ghost, right? Because they, they're not taking up any room. Literally, yeah. They're not taking up any space. Yeah, they could just, <laughs> you know, have some ghost sex. Fucking, oh, my God. You know, business class of, uh, you know, that's how I'm doing Here's the thing. You don't even need to go to the bathroom. Just stay in your fucking seat, right? If that's the right. whole thing. You well, just I don't chill know. I guess she doesn't want to, like, make her O face. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. This has never happened to me. 
So. I mean, it's never happened to me. I certainly can't speak to this. This is how she described their first encounter. Quote, I was getting undressed for bed when suddenly I felt fingers fluttering their way down my spine and a soft whispering sound, but no words, from behind, in my right ear. It made me shudder all over, but in a really nice way. The next thing I knew, I was being turned around and embraced. The energy was all-consuming, and before I knew it, I was on the bed in the throes of ghost-induced ecstasy. <laughs> all right, this actually sounds kind of great. I'm not going right? to lie. It's yeah. Great. I mean, I kind of also feel like I should be charging per minute. Yeah, I know. I was just saying. I was like, what am I listening to right now? Girl, right? Um, warning, splooshing may occur. <laughs> Get them up. You're fucking hilarious. I'm <laughs> Thank obsessed you. with you. Thank you. She said, quote, orgasms I have with my spirit lovers have been way deeper and more satisfying than any I've had with ordinary men. I have given up sleeping with human men. Ghost sex is deeper, more passionate, and oddly seems more natural. End quote. I mean, okay. Here's the thing: I, I, I've never fucked a ghost that I know. Again, I, yeah, I can't speak so to I, this. I can't speak to it. Maybe, maybe she's right. Maybe I just know what fuck. I mean, here's the thing: I don't think it's more natural though. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Definitely will say that. Yeah, but to obligatory devil's advocate, it I've definitely had many a disappointing encounter with a human man. That's actually so. very true. All right, that's fair. So I get that. I can see your point, amethyst. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she continued on saying, "Quote." I decided that real men were more trouble than they're worth and that ghost lovers were the way forward. They can't buy me flowers or take me out to dinner, but they make me feel special in other ways. One drew hearts and condensation on my window, end quote. She knows okay, that's kind of cute. According to Amethyst, she wasn't the only one out there who preferred a spirit lover to the real thing, claiming that she offered counseling to people going through rough patches in their ghost relationships. All right. You know, I guess Helping others, yeah. You know, pay it forward, exactly. There you go. While Amethyst claimed to have been having sex with the spirit, she didn't hear his voice until they were on a recent trip to England's Wookie Hole Caves, where on their nine-month anniversary, she said he asked her to marry him. She said, quote, There was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees. <laughs> you know what? At least she has a good sense of humor about this. Like, I don't even know if this is a sense of humor. I... I don't oh, even know. Your delivery is very humorous, obviously. It's but insane. yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Insane. Maybe she doesn't have a good sense of humor about this. I am not being this. I'm not being an objective journalist here. Oh, I mean, it's very hard to be. Come on, come on. Let's be fucking real. But for the first time, I heard him speak. I could actually hear his voice, and it was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. End quote. She said that the unconventional couple was planning to tie the knot the following summer. And we're working on having a phantom pregnancy. The fuck is that? Girl. Girl. They have a little ghost baby? Like, what does that mean? She said that, like, she was like, oh, I've been looking into it. Phantom pregnancies happen all of the time. But then you'll be pregnant and then you won't deliver a baby, like, because it's a ghost baby. And I'm like, that's either hysterical pregnancy or miscarriage. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're going through ghost labor? Like, what are you? Oh, you're just going to give birth to Merlin. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That'd be pretty rad, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> but alas, their ghostly love was not meant to be when Amethyst announced in 2020 that she had to call off the engagement. She said that things had been going great with them until the two took a trip to Thailand, and that's when things went sour. She said, quote, 
I think maybe he fell in with a bad crowd when we were on holiday. He just started becoming really inconsiderate. He'd disappear for long periods of time, a.k.a. the ghost was ghosting her. Ah! Oh my god, yes. And when he did come back, he'd bring other spirits to the house and they'd just stay around for days. I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit much. What? He got him with a ghost gang, man. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I guess so. (laughs) That is wild. And then the two decided to call it a quits. Mature. Yep. Mm -hmm. Of course. Then we have to talk about Amanda Teague, the 47-year-old woman Amy mentioned in last week's episode who married a ghost of a 300-year-old Haitian pirate, a.k.a. she married a picture of Johnny Depp dressed as Jack Sparrow. Yes. Amanda Teague who is a former Jack Sparrow impersonator herself. Yes. I was thinking there were so many little things I forgot to mention. Yes, correct. She, quote unquote, legally, which it was illegal, married her, quote unquote, soulmate, who also coincidentally was named Jack. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I forgot to mention that too. <laughs> uh-huh, who allegedly died in the 1700s after being executed for thieving on the high seas on a boat in international waters. But two weeks into the marriage... Amanda's sexual and spiritual relationship with her ghost husband started to give her serious health problems. Amanda developed painful abscesses, was admitted to the hospital with sepsis, and underwent surgery and was told that she would need a colostomy bag. She said, quote, I almost died and I was in the hospital for a week. I had to take my wedding ring off when I went into surgery. That must have cut the energy link between us because I felt totally different after the operation, which... Spoiler, you always feel different. After an operation. Yeah. Like, you always do. Yeah. Just FYI. (laughs) Obligatory devil's advocate. I reconnected with my own spiritual team and saw a pattern about my health. I saw alarm bells. He had obviously been blocking communication with my spiritual team. So I could see very, very clearly that he had been stealing my energy. End quote. Following the surgery, a friend of Amanda's told her that Maybe she had been possessed by Jack and that she should talk to him about it. <laughs> okay. Who is this friend? Get I out of here. So no. Here's the thing. I would imagine she doesn't have like practical friends. Oh, no, definitely not. You know. The Jack Sparrow imitator who married a picture of Johnny Depp. And here's the thing. Like all of this just seems to me like she's in love with Jack Sparrow, which girl, same. I yeah. get it. Disney had uh, like the Disney properties used to have a, uh, they would hire an actor to play Jack Sparrow. Like oh, he looks just like him, too. Absolutely. Yeah. But then they had to get rid of him because, like, women would literally flash their tits at him and shit and throw, be, at, at Disney World. I like, this, they're, like, they're hey, children. They're children. That's, that's the level, that's what Jack Sparrow does to you. And I fucking get it. Like, wow. Absolutely. That they're like, we need the 86 to shit because it's getting wild up in here in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, I get it. Get that dirty pirate dick. Like, whatever you want. Yeah. Girl. It's not clean. It's not, yeah. At minimum, it has scurvy. Minimum. <laughs> Just, it's fine. Pour some lemon juice on it before you get to it. It's Dude, good. get him an orange. You're good. You're fine. I, but it just seems to me like she's in love with Jack Sparrow. Yes. And she has a fucking, like, huge tattoo of it, like, on her shoulder of Jack Sparrow. Like, this chick is just in love with Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Anyways, so her friend's like, hey, maybe you should, like, have a kiki with, uh, your ghost husband about this, about him possibly possessing you. But when Amanda confronted him, he threatened to kill her if she attempted to break their spiritual union with an exorcism. She said, quote, 
It was terrifying seeing a completely different side to the lovely spirit I had seen before, but I knew in my heart that if I did get rid of him, my health was getting so bad that I was probably going to die anyway, end quote. Following the exorcism, Amanda said her health had drastically improved. She said, quote, if I hadn't gotten the exorcism done, I think I'd definitely be going around with a colostomy bag, end quote. In 2019, Amanda wrote a book about her experiences titled A New Attitude, which, yes, oh, you can absolutely buy on Amazon. My God. Absolutely. I didn't know any of that. That's amazing. Girl. What? I can't even fucking handle it. And says that she has sworn off of all spiritual work because she is, quote unquote, terrified. Okay, so obviously, hot take, these two women are a bunch of fucking Looney Tunes. I mean, yes. But turns out... A bunch of other people have claimed to have done the deed with folks on the other side. And to steal a line from celebrity ghost stories, the identities of these people may surprise you. Yes! Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. So here for this. In 2004, Anna Nicole Smith told FHM Magazine, quote, A ghost would crawl up my leg and have sex with me at an apartment a long time ago in Texas. I used to think it was my boyfriend. And one day I woke up and it wasn't, which also I don't love. I mean, like yeah. getting fucked while you're sleeping even by a real person or ghost, don't love either that. Yeah. Unless you've already like talk, talked about fine. it and it's a like waking you up sexily thing. Like I'm okay with that. But again, like needs to be yeah laid out ahead of time. Yeah. I, Otherwise. That's right. Gets a little rapey. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think it was my boyfriend, and one day I woke up, and it wasn't. It was like a spirit, and it, woo! And when she says that, she mimes a ghost flying from her bed sheets. Yep. Went up. I was freaked out about it, but then I was like, well, you know what? He never hurt me, and he just gave me some amazing sex, so I have no problem. End quote. I, you know what? Respect. That would be my reaction to honestly. I'd be like, that was weird as fuck, but like, all right. That it's was the good. end of my life. So yeah. Whatever. And I didn't get pregnant. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't, I didn't get pregnant. I got a ghost STD. Right. Oh my God. Monique. Are there ghost STDs? Are there ghost STDs? I don't think, I don't know. I didn't come across ghost STDs. Okay. I would, I, I would hope not. Yeah. So. That's spirit syphilis, Monique. Girl. Girl. You don't want any of that. No, get out of here. But I, then we need like spirit penicillin. Okay. Yeah. Poltergeist penicillin. It has to be alerted. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. No. You are so an alien and I'm so mad. No, you're totally right. <laughs> so, obviously the interviewer was like, um, <laughs> Okay. Maybe that could have like been a dream. That she got begged Can by you those. imagine being a serious <laughs> journalist and being like, I'm sorry, what the fuck did this just turn into? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, the interviewer was like, Hey, girl. Maybe you just had a dream. You were begged by Casper. Anna Nicole Smith denied the allegation, saying, quote, It was not a dream because it was happening every night. I told my boyfriend and he didn't believe me. Of course, men. <laughs> girl, love you. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Not that you're saying a spirit fucked you and that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> he's such a silly man. He never believes me. Man. You man just being... You with your man ways. Ugh, man. <laughs> Kesha has repeatedly brought up on interviews that she has had sex with ghosts. 
Lucy Liu told me oh. this weekly in 1999 of her spiritual tryst. She said, quote, it was sheer bliss. I felt everything. I climaxed. And then he floated away. End quote. Which, isn't that the ideal? I'm Maybe. like, where do I call these ghosts to come get this fucking good ghost dick? Like, everyone's like literally raving about this. Not a single person has been like, eh, Girl, it was like kind of shitty. This is like the Hamilton of sexing. Serious? Well, no, that's like not, it. yeah. I was like, that's not a good reference. Yeah. Like I know. <laughs> Honestly, okay, wait, there, pause. There's a scene in Succession <laughs> where they reference Hamilton, and it's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes yeah. ever. Yes. And I literally, every time I see it, I laugh. It's, it's so cool. fucking funny. It's, it's so funny. Guys, watch it makes me think of you, okay. yeah. Sorry, continue. No, no, we're continuing. Paranormal activity actress Natasha Blasick had a similar experience. She said, quote, Suddenly, I could feel that somebody was touching me, and the hands were pushing me against my will. And I could feel the weight of the body on top of me. My body was pushed in different directions. And at first, I was a little confused with all that. Then I just decided to relax, and it was really, really pleasurable. End quote. Coco Austin, who was married to rapper and yeah. the actor Ice-T, had an encounter with a ghost who was a bit of a perv. I mean, they kind of seem like they all are now with all this ghost fucking that's going on, apparently. 15% of the population. Girl, totally. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people are into it, but Coco was definitely not. Okay. This is, like, the... Okay. Um, Okay. Well, so, on the talk show, Naughty But Nice, she said, quote, I was watching TV, I was sitting on the couch at 11 a.m., and I was wearing a nightie, and I felt my dress move up my leg. I looked down and got freaked out. I pushed it down, watched TV... Felt it again, <gasps> and I could see it being pulled up. Oh, no, no, no. And Coco. Then, girl. And then I felt a guy breathing <gasps> in my ear. End quote. Mm-mm. Nope. That is me running out of my house in a nightie yeah. in that moment. This is this is a shant. All of that's a shant. Even the original Ghostbuster himself, Dan fucking Aykroyd, had his own intimate experience. Stop it. Oh my god, I was like, are there going to be any guy stories or is this all just chicks being like, this ghost fuck me, it was great. I mean, so here's the thing. So while it wasn't the infamous ghost blowjob from the movie, okay, Dan Aykroyd told Esquire magazine that he cuddled up with a ghost. He said, quote, I was alone in the house and decided to take a nap. I closed the door to the bedroom but didn't lock it. I woke up in this kind of trance where you don't know whether you're sleeping or not. It's what the abductee feels when he's being taken. Oh. Also, Dan Aykroyd's like all about oh, yeah. relationship. I saw the door open, and I rolled over and looked at the bed, and I saw the depression in the mattress, like somebody was getting in there. And I thought, I'm just going to roll over and snuggle up next to it. Maybe that guy was gay, and he wanted to have some fun. I'd be surprised if I was his type. But when you're dead, you'll take whatever you can get. End quote. Oh. That's hilarious, but also like kind of sweet again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, maybe because it was a big person De- depression. Yeah, or like he just sensed the. Body that was really was... nice of Dan Aykroyd. I thought that was really Dan Aykroyd's amazing. He's just like I'm gonna cuddle with him. He seems lonely. Yeah. So are people actually fucking ghosts or what the fuck? So in researching for the obligatory devil's advocate, the thing that kept popping up as the cause of these erotic experiences was sleep paralysis. Yep. In a 2011 article on paranormal paramours, author Karen Stolznow broke down why she thinks sleep paralysis is the actual culprit. She said, quote, Our biggest clue is that most of these experiences occur at night when the victim is in bed. 
suggesting that an erotic dream or hallucination has taken place. Such hallucinations may be associated with a phenomenon known as sleep paralysis, otherwise known as a waking nightmare. Sleep paralysis is a common experience for many people and is also a symptom of the sleep disorder narcolepsy, which I didn't fucking know. Sleep paralysis is an interruption of the REM stage of sleep. The individual awakens prematurely, yet remains in a dreaming state. An episode can present a wide range of visual, auditory, and tactile hallucinations. This may explain many alleged paranormal encounters from ghost sightings, vampires, and alien abductions, end quote. Most people experience ghost sex as a dream, or as they're falling into or out of sleep. Scientists estimate it's because our brains are especially susceptible to hallucinations at those times. Similarly, bipolar 1 and other psychotic disorders on the schizophrenia spectrum could produce vivid enough hallucinations and delusions, though in general, vivid visual hallucinations are quite rare. There's also the thing that if you're experiencing vivid sexual hallucinations, to, again, be obligatory devil's advocate, it is highly unlikely that someone who is describing these experiences is not experiencing any other symptoms. Okay, yeah. So then we have to question what is going on in the rest of the person's life. A submission on psychology.stackexchange.com pointed to psychological disorders in addition to sleep paralysis. The entry read, quote, all disorders which could cause delusions such as sexual hallucinations usually cause other symptoms as well. And these people are not usually otherwise, quote unquote, normal at all, end quote. For example, Doris Bither who the book and movie The Entity is based on had a history of physical and substance abuse along with a traumatic childhood. Investigators noticed that Doris had a poor relationship with her four children. They were living illegally in a condemned home that was in severe disrepair when she claimed that she had been raped by the entity. Dr. Mark Griffiths noted that there's no empirical evidence that anyone's truly had sex with a ghost, as no one has ever presented anything other than only anecdotal evidence for paranormal sexual encounters. He also said that most spectrophiles don't admit to having had a physical sexual encounter with a ghost, only that they're merely aroused by the idea of having relations with a spirit. Therefore, he writes, quote, the main sexual outlet for spectrophilia would appear to be masturbation, end quote. But if you're interested in hearing more stories of riding that ghost (laughs) D-train... Several years ago, the Travel Channel did a Valentine's Day special called Ghostly Lovers, which is exactly what it sounds like. Oh my god. And is complete with semi-softcore porn readers and all. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's Uh, amazing. Did uh, you watch that for this? Yes, of course. Of course. It's insane. Um, I didn't see it on the Travel Channel. I saw it on Vimeo. Yes. Okay. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. It's dude. ridiculous, and there's like a, a woman talking about her dead husband coming to fuck her, and it's a whole thing. And literally, so in the intro, the voiceover goes, "A ghost can haunt the most remote corners of the earth, but can a ghost haunt your heart?" <laughs> I. It's. That's ridiculous. Did my brain think haunt the remote corners of your pussy? Yes, 100%. Oh. And then I was like, damn, they're getting deep there. Okay. It's a travel channel. They can't say the They can't word. say the P word. That's very true. Yeah. Your brain can, Amy, but not the travel channel. That's right. But heart, pussy, it's kind of the same thing, right? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. 
For me, yes, Monique. You know, it's a direct line. <laughs> the way to my heart is through my pussy. Everyone knows. I mean, facts. <laughs> right? Get that good ghost dick. Have my heart forever. So, like Amy, for those of you who find this story pretty fucking hot and who want to purchase yes! a ghost bone of their own, celebrity medium Patty Negri has the fucking tea. Patty provided BuzzFeed with general guidelines and a step-by-step list of directions, <gasps> which she titled Ghost Sex 101. So get fucking ready, get the pens out, get the iPad out, because I'm going to fucking give you the tea right now. You're welcome. Oh my God. And if you guys fucking ghost, you have to fucking let us know. Oh my God. Obviously. That goes without saying. Absolutely. So the guidelines, before we get to the rules, we're going to do the guidelines. One, know that it is real. Take it seriously. Be as goofy as you want, have tons of fun, but know that you are really inviting a real spirit from beyond in and that you are opening a real portal into other realms. Two, know your belief system. Who are you going to call if you get scared? Monique. <laughs> yes, correct. And Monique will not be able to help you. <laughs> Monique will be like, decline a call, thank you. God, your angels, your guides, your higher self, your cat, doesn't matter. Three, don't get scared. Fear will do two negative things. One, fear will prevent it from happening altogether. And two, fear will bring the wrong kind of energy. Yeah. energy that will feed on your fear. <gasps> no, 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 no. No, we don't like that. You're going to get some ghost BDSM shit or something. I mean, I'm kind of into that. But not the stuff you want. No, but like, no, not the, cons- I want the yeah. consensual kind. Yeah. Not the, yeah. I don't want to get ghost raped. <laughs> no. Obviously. That's not the goal. Not the goal. Four, know that this is our realm of existence. They have to play by our rules. They have power over you only if you give it to them. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Five, have fun with it. Let go of any preconceptions (laughs) of it being evil or bad. Keep it good, healthy, and have fun. So the steps. One, be in a great personal space. Clean, happy, good mood. Be in your good senses. Two, prepare your space. Candles, incense, mood lighting, sexy music, just as if you were inviting in a living lover. Oh my God. Do not burn sage. Oh. This will keep the spirits away. (laughs) I got the sage incense. It's great. Three, define your space and set its boundaries, aka bedroom only. Four, Protect your space in whatever way works for your belief system. So like salt, earth, holy water, whatever the fuck. Okay. Five, start doing some slow, deep breathing. Begin visualizing your ghostly lover, what it, he, she feels like, etc. Ask the universe or whomever to send you a ghostly lover. Be very clear that you want it to be positive, good, loving, and light. And as well as hot, of course. <laughs> yeah. Obvi. You want some boring ghost sex. No, you want some like hot yeah. the notebook sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's not over. It still isn't over. <laughs> oh, that's sobbing. Over. Sob, yeah. sob. Sobbing. Sobbing. Yeah. No, but no sobbing. Unless you're like into that sexually, you know. No <laughs> Unless it's that good. Damn. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, girl. I've never fucked where I sobbed. Were you sobbed that. after? No. Missing out, Monique. <laughs> I say it with no personal experience myself. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'm so obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> Six. Softly add a chant to your to your deep breathing. Something short that you can repeat easily, like 
Come to me, loving spirits. Seven, believe. See, it's funny because the I'm first like, time yeah. I read that, I was like, come at me, loving spirits. Ew. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was like, <laughs> all right, they got it. They know what to say. Boom. Eight, hopefully you will start feeling sensations. You may hear something, smell something, notice orbs of light or shadow. Hopefully the physical sensations are coming. Often a feeling of pressure on the body, the feel of a soft touch, and then forms of sexual stimulation. Enjoy it. Nine. Throughout your encounter, communicate with the spirit. Make sure there is mutual respect and that nothing is done or allowed that you are not happy or comfortable with. 10. When it is over, thank the spirit. Okay, nice. You can decide if you want to invite it back or not and close the veil or portal that you opened. Consciously, verbally state that all entities must leave and that you're closing the veil. So okay, those notes are taken the, the notes to get a ghost deep dick in, and that <laughs> is the very weird world of spectrophilia. Oh my god, that <laughs> might be my favorite story you've ever done, <laughs> just because I'm a perv and I just like loved all of that. I had really only known about uh, Anna Nicole Smith and uh, Kesha, so literally everybody else was new to me. No, I had heard. I think no, I hadn't heard Anna Nicole Smith. I, I heard someone had fucked a ghost, and I was like, what? Yeah. But I didn't know Coco Austin or anybody. No. And she was like, I was not fucking him lifting my tongue. Yeah. I'm intrigued by that one because that was the one that was not the nighttime. She was not sleeping. Like, she was awake. She was watching TV. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Uh, no. 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 Um, if anyone has fucked a ghost. Oh, you please, have to tell us, please. We will not make fun of you. Oh, no. No, I just, like, I don't know anyone this has happened to. Or or, or I don't know I if it's happened to anyone. You. Yeah. Absolutely. If it's happened to anyone, they have not told me no. about it. And if you had a sexy ghost experience, I need all of the fucking tea. Please let us know. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Ugh. And especially if it was, like, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because that's the thing. It consistently... In that, like, the ghostly lovers, everyone was like, it was fucking incredible. Like, it was the best sex of my life, basically. Yeah. And everyone else doesn't compare. I know. That's the only reason I'm so intrigued. It's like, everyone says it's so fucking good. Like, what's everyone raving about? So, um, in the BuzzFeed article, basically, these, like, two women, like, decide that they're going to try to fuck a ghost. Yeah. Okay. So, what happened? So, they were both, they're like, the complicated thing is that both of them were in relationships when they were trying to do this. So, they had to tell their significant others, like, hey, would you be down if I, like, fucked a ghost? Like, just, like, kind of cheating or, like, what? Um, like, like, that's actually really nice that they even brought that up. I was like, right. I wouldn't even, this doesn't even count. Like, I'm not mentioning this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's not actual penetration. Yeah, like, no. I also don't know what, I haven't been in an exclusive relationship in like a decade, so I don't know what the rules of dating are anymore, but, or like monogamy. But, um, so basically they, they set everything up because it seems like their partners lived with them. So it was like when they weren't home, so it was like 3 p.m. Okay. So I was like, is it the sexiest time? No. And, one of them was like, I didn't feel anything. And the other one was like, well, you know, I felt like a tingling on my hand. I was like, maybe that's something. Maybe it's not. But, and then she like kind of decided it was a wash. And at the end of it, to ground yourself, um, the psychic was like, oh, like touch like iron or metal. So she touched like her, her iron rod of her, um, like the frame of her bed. Okay. And she said like her whole body got like tingling. She's like, oh my God. She's like, did I fuck a ghost? Like what's happening here? So I don't know. <laughs> 
It's like, but you just got static charge. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, also, if it's, like, cold, because they were wearing, like, hoodies and shit because it was cold. Oh, yeah, always. Especially if you're wearing socks. Yeah, oh, it's fucking out of control in the winter. Can you imagine if every time you got a static shock, it's because, like, a ghost was banging you? Girl. I wouldn't be, would I get anything done? Like, I should be like, like, God, just, like, get out of me. Stop doing this. Um, But I'm intrigued. I kind of want to do this just for, just for experimental purposes. Just to. I kind of, I kind of do too. Are, are we gonna do this and then we report back? I mean, I have most Maybe. of this week off. I mean, sure, we could, we could, yeah, we could try if you want to get that. You want to try to get that ghost dick, sure. girl. Johnny doesn't care. He's fine. <laughs> He's gonna be like, good, we'll get that ghost dick. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right. TBC to be continued. I think so. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. do it to be continued. There we go. I think dun, I might try dun, to get some dun. ghost dick. Yes. <laughs> All right. Get some ghost dick, we'll report back. Report back, yeah. Let you know how it is. I hope so. That'd be great. Because I've, I'm assuming most of us have, have had the whole, like, come while you sleep thing and where you, like, wake up and you've, like, had an orgasm in your sleep. Yes? Not, no. No? No. Damn, have I been fucked by a ghost before? Has this happened to you? Well, I mean, that has happened to me. Wait, wait, no. That's fucking awesome. It's very rare. It genuinely has happened to be like maybe three times. That's and a lot. Two of those times were like when I was like a teenager. Like I was young. That was like your hormones are going crazy. So okay, what I, I feel like that's like the girl equivalent of like a wet dream, basically, right? right? Like from what I understood, a wet dream was that you're basically like humping the bed while you're sleeping. Yeah. Well, I guess you like kind of like can squeeze your like legs together and like squeeze your internal muscles I guess while you're like sleeping I mean it's for sure happened like it literally, it literally to the point that like it caused me to wake up I think I'm both by ghost damn damn all right I'm rethinking my whole life now <laughs> apparently I got fucked by a ghost rad. twice in high school this was shit was wild no. I got that high school but it was one of those things like you wake up you are I was obviously like having a sexy dream that went along with it so I was like oh okay like that was crazy I know what happened though Damn, now I'm like feeling weird about that. I'm like, no, is this no, no. weird? Is this like not a lot of things? No, no, it's also through? very possible because I'm like, I'm like weird. It's also very possible that like I'm the weird one here. That this no, is super normal. I'm just trying to like, okay, wait. everyone's different. Like, whatever. Yeah. Have you guys also had like orgasms in your sleep? It's uh, for the, not the men because you have weird dreams. Everyone knows that. No, but the ladies. Yeah, ladies. Like, have you guys had that? Because I've, I've had, never that. had that. Monique I think it's not. That, yeah. I've never. I didn't know that was a thing. It has happened to me at least on three occasions. I would say, it was. It's great. I, it's. <laughs> but here's the thing: like, I wouldn't think you got fucked by ghosts. Wouldn't think I got fucked by ghosts. And two, I also wouldn't be like that was the best sex of my life. It was so intense. It was like I know what the fuck happened, and it was like I don't know. It wasn't like the craziest orgasm ever. Like it was just like I came. Like I felt it. I was like, oh, okay, that's what happened. Day. Yeah, amazing. They were both, like, in the middle of the night. I literally just was like, that was weird. I went back to sleep. Huh. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know if that's, like... Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, that's the only thing I could really think it would be is, like, if you had a really sexy dream and you just, like, I don't know. But, okay. Like, couldn't tell the difference. Basically, you had, like... If we assume that that's ...conflated it it to this. I don't think it is because it's very different. Like I said, like, my experience with it is not... Because then you're, like, just not getting fucked right in your life. Yeah, I guess so. Because if that's much, if that's the best situation that's ever happened. Oh you know? yeah, and like these are like celebrities and stuff. They're dating like they're getting good sexy. dick. I would like to think. I would yeah, hope so. you're getting like a list celebrity A-list dick, dick, right? Yeah, she had that iced tea dick. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
He's a rapper. He yeah. knows what the fuck is what fuck time it is. There you go. I would hope so. I would I hope so. so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a very that was a very weird way to end to end this conversation. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. so yeah. No, it's fascinating. I've never i never heard of that. It's a lot of information strangers now know about me. But there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fascinating. I because I I know that babies masturbate. Wait. Yeah. I didn't know this. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like really early on, like when they're figuring everything out, they're like, "Oh, this is nice," and it's usually the parent be like, "No," so that that's like a, a common thing. Okay, um, interesting. So like, and I always, I have been told, because I, I think I had a conversation ages ago with like one of my boyfriends being like, "What the fuck is the deal with the wet dream?" He's like, "Oh, it's when you're sleeping, you like hump your bed, and then that's just what causes the friction for you to go." I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess that makes sense." Yeah. Um, but I never heard of the lady version. There's a lady version. Or you're getting fucked by a ghost. Or I'm getting fucked by a ghost. We'll but find out. if you were fucked by a ghost, it was... It was all right. Adequate. Yeah. It wasn't anything... That being said, at that time, I was still a virgin, so I had nothing to base that against. But looking back... It was eh, fine. It was fine. It wasn't I hope crazy. it wasn't ghost dick then. I really hope Because if that. you did, you got totally gypped of like a ghost bone that was like... Right? Life-changing. I got like whatever shitty guy fucking who just showed up at the end there. No. No. Just like. Get out of here. So I'm going to say you didn't get fucked by. I am too. Good. Because you deserve more than that. Thank you, Monique. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I want that for myself and I want that for all of you. Goddamn right. Get that ghost dick, you guys. Get that ghost dick. (laughs) Again, this may be my favorite story ever. (laughs) Uh, I think the last few weeks have been really tough. With the, the true crime stories. Yeah, and we just, needed this. I literally, I'm going to put it on the gram, you guys. Oh, you have to. You guys, look. Okay. Amy, I, like I said, accurately described. There's a woman <laughs> getting married to a picture of Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. But you don't actually understand what it is until you see the picture. It's so fucking insane that I think it broke me. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I actually like, can't handle it. It's so ridiculous. It wouldn't let me screenshot the pictures from my phone. So I literally went and got Johnny's old phone and took pictures of my phone with the other phone because I was like, Monique needs this phone. <laughs> There's no way I'm not showing Monique these it's pictures. Insane. They're, it's insane. It's insane. Ugh. Well, I'm so glad that I like inspired your story for this week because I fucking needed that. That I'm was so amazing. I'm amazing. So I actually learned more about her story that I didn't know. I don't yeah. think I realized like she had the whole Jack Sparrow tattoo and she had all those yes. health issues. I didn't realize either. Yeah, because because there's a thing about like a Jack Sparrow person. And I was like, wait, what? And it's like, no, she's a Jack Sparrow person. And I'm like, oh, she's a hard enough for Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Like, and his oh, name was coincidentally Jack. It was like relaxing. Yeah. Did she got like a medium to to basically? be a stand-in for him the thing that killed me was like i remember her making a point to say like because they get married on a boat yes <laughs> she was like the the water was really rough that day like it was uh really rough so like basically she's like just holding on like trying to get through this marriage ceremony while this fucking boat is going crazy i was like this is a nightmare this whole situation is hysterical and the fact that she was still like no i'm gonna go through with this can you imagine being like invited to that ceremony Oh, I would agree. RCP immediately. Like, yes. Oh. 100%. I need to see the ridiculousness that is this. No, absolutely. Yeah. There, like, I, I knew someone that I used to be friends with, and then uh, we had a falling out, and then she was getting married, and it was, like, definitely going to be a shit show. 
And I was like, if I get invited to this, I'm going. Front row center. Yeah. For sure. Popcorn in my hand. Yep. Mm -hmm. I did not get invited. So I Damn it. But I heard of the shit showness from everyone else. Oh, I'm sure. But I have a lot of difficulty with, um, I've been gaslit for the majority of my life. So uh, my, my inner compass is very wonky. And if I showed up to this, I'd be like, I'm so, is the, I fucked up in some way? Is there something? Like, what, what am I missing? Yeah, what's happening? Actually, there was a friend of mine who's Indian. He had, like, an engagement ceremony because uh, everything is very elaborate and ornate and, like, weddings are, like, three days long and shit like that. His engagement ceremony, he got engaged to a coconut. Uh, what? Because it was, it was an arranged marriage. He got engaged to a coconut because I think the chick wasn't there. So the coconut <gasps> stood in for the chick. Oh my god, so what? Shit that is so wild. Yeah. I'd be like, I mean, our marriage isn't legally binding. You uh, you said I do to a coconut. Like, I don't really. <laughs> well, they like, didn't get married. It was like, like the ceremony to be like, we're gonna. Yeah, I gonna get married. Yeah. To a coconut. I can't. I would be like, are we really doing this? Am I really gonna have to like do this right now? I'm holding a coconut. You're making me do this? Like, it's come funny on. because his wife, who was not the standard for the coconut, it was another chick. Because, oh, it's like a whole, like, drama drop pink pajama, which is amazing. Oh, my amazing. God. Okay. She was like, he fucking got engaged to a coconut. Like, <laughs> I would not. It wasn't a coconut. And then, like, my told me, was like, what the fuck is happening here? First of all, whoever you are, I love that woman. That would be me. She's incredible. I would literally She's incredible. not shut up about it ever. I would think that was the funniest thing ever, and I would tell anyone. <laughs> yes. Anyone who was willing to listen to me. Oh. Incredible. Oh, my God. I love all that. That story was so fucking good, dude. Thank you. That, like, just... I'm like giddy now. That was like made me so happy. I was like, I don't recall the last. I mean, last week we laughed a lot about the the dick drawings on the wall. Yeah, but I don't recall the last time we laughed this much at a story. Oh no, this was particularly fantastic. It made me really happy. I, yeah, I, props on that one. Thank you. That was good. I was like, I don't even want to move to the crime time now. It was just so <laughs> it's good. Like I'm just gonna devastate all of like, you. I might not be that bad this week. Okay. I might have. I might have toned it down. We'll see. I mean, it's been a rough couple. We started the, the New Year's. We don't want to break everyone, like, no. January. We got to, like, let people make it to at least Especially March. Especially since people are doing dry January. They're like, I can't even fucking drink oh. this shit. I don't do that. I was like, are they doing that? We're literally drinking right now. Absolutely. The way God intended. Thank you. It's juicy January, bitches. Oh, like, shit! What? what? Get out of here. I've never heard that. I love a juicy January. Thank you. I just came up with it. I mean, of course you did <laughs> I legend and I girl the fact that you love alliterations makes me want to make everything an alliteration so like you don't think I caught that girl how, like, I know because you appreciate it fucking soulmate you appreciate it so I'm like I'm gonna fucking throw an alliteration out there yes okay. you did like four of them today I was like I literally <laughs> I remember it's like poltergeist no penicillin poltergeist penicillin and it was uh Spectral syphilis? Was it that? Spirit syphilis? I was like ghost gonorrhea, which was another great one that I didn't think of then. You Damn you it. it I said it now. I know. I'm ridiculous. This is my brain. All the time. Okay. All the time. In, in case you are new to the podcast and haven't listened to like one of the first episodes, one of the first episodes of the podcast, I mentioned how, because I knew Amy's boyfriend for like a year before I met Amy. And Amy and I met and we started hanging out at work every day because we had we worked on a, a month-long job together. And then Amy's boyfriend, Johnny, texts me in the middle of this month-long thing, Jesus, Monique, get your own girlfriend. And my response was, fight me for her. Fuck you. Facts. Yeah. Facts. And then all of this is just like, duh, obviously, you're actually the best. 
girl, same. You get me. You fucking get me. I love it. Fingers in the eyes. Fingers in the eyes. Psychic sisters, baby. <sighs> All right. Okay. Are you ready to get into this true crime? Let's 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 dive into the true crime den. Fuck yes, true crime den. I love it. You're get the a one blanket. Who came up with that. Cozy up by the fire. Yeah. What? You came up with this in like episode four. This is my memory as well. <laughs> well, also, we've done a lot of these. They blur together like sure nobody's fucking business. I couldn't believe that I talked about the incubus in episode five. When you told me that, I was like, I That's yeah, so long ago, so long ago. Holy I got real shit. personal real quick. <laughs> no, I love it. I think I asked you, to be fair. I was like, are you going to do any personal stories, Monique? Like, yeah, hey, hey, yeah. you should do a personal story. Yeah. Hey. So it's going to seem like maybe I'm going a little rogue this week, but bear with me. It's not as rogue as you think, and I think you're going to really enjoy the story. I'm so here for it. I'm so ready. Fuck yes. I'm so excited. And I'm going to pull Monique, and I'm going to announce what we're talking about yes. before I fucking get into it. So today, I'm going to tell you about the history of blood transfusion. Fuck yes! I'm so into this. Girl, you don't even know. I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm yes. so excited. Oh my god. Okay, cool. So, sources. First and foremost, have to give credit to the book Blood Work by Holly Tucker, which is the main reference for most of my other sources, which include gizmodo.com, npr.org, britannica.com, seattletimes.com, ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, which, in case you're not familiar, is the National Center for Biotechnology Information, mm-hmm. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Yeah, they're always they're, they're the go-to for all the psychology stuff. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. And, of course, good old Wikipedia. Gotta love them. First, let's just set the stage a little. It's the 17th century, the height of the scientific revolution, and just to give you a little historical context, Galileo was brought before the Inquisition in 1633. Mm -hmm. The first known operational reflecting telescope was built by Isaac Newton in 1669. The first measurement of the speed of light was calculated in 1676. Oh, shit. And calculus was developed in 1684. The 17th century is also sometimes referred to as the age of vivisection. And Mm. if you can't remember what that means... Don't worry, I fucking got you. Yeah, girl. Vivisection is the practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. Basically, it's just a really fancy way to say testing on animals. Mm -hmm. So a little background information. In 1628, the English physician William Harvey published a paper on his discovery of blood circulation and the circulatory system. Because prior to this... They had no idea that blood flows and circulates around your body. Oh, shit. They still believed in the vapors and the four Mm. humors of fluid, i.e. blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile. Basically, they believed that your body was just one big bag of fluids and that blood, like all the other fluids, was created throughout the digestive system. Mm. They believed that you eat, it concocts in your stomach, then it moves to the liver where it's purified into blood, where it would make a one-way trip to your heart where the blood is then burned off because they thought your heart was like a little furnace in your body and that breathing in would stroke the flame and breathing out was you releasing the heat from the furnace. Yeah, fucking dude. People, yeah. I know, when you hear this shit now, you're like, what the actual fuck? Are you guys ridiculous? Like, you believe this shit? This reminds me, if you guys don't watch what we do in the shadows, look at your life, look at your (gasps) Seriously, stop everything. And so... There's an episode where he gets really hooked on the Big Bang Theory. 
Yes. And he asks why it's called the Big Bang Theory. And Colin Robinson is like, oh, because, you know, that that's how, that's how, like, the universe was formed was the Big Bang. And, and then there's, they do, like, these, like, confessional things. And then Nando was like, my whole life, I was told that the earth was held up by... Yes. by elephants that were on a giant turtle and now my entire life is a lie and it's like <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that tracks that's yeah. like essentially this like the what's same happening right fucking now bullshit. yes exactly well because also at this time like literally like anyone's guess is it's like just as good as anyone's guess like you're like yes i don't fucking know yes because we don't have it is so primitive the the stuff that people have it's really not until it gets to like the 1900s that it things like the the growth is very exponential. Yes. But before then you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's this. Yeah. This is us figuring all this shit Can out. Can you imagine yes. living in that Oh, God, no. Where they're like, I mean, maybe if you sit on a hot egg, that'll kill you. <laughs> sure. Chlamydia. I don't know. Like, who the fuck knows? Like, good luck with that. Good luck. It's fucking wild. Yeah. So they didn't know about the respiratory system, the pulmonary system, or the circulatory system. Mm. So in 1628, Harvey blows everyone's mind with the discovery of blood circulation, and the English immediately start experimenting on animals, taking anything, including water, warm milk, beer, wine, and opium, and injecting it into dogs to see what would happen. Yeah. Because they're like, fuck it. Like, yeah. Who gives a fuck about a dog? Oh, yeah. Who gives a shit? I don't care. It's fine. They don't even give a shit about humans at this point, basically. I mean, that's they're like, yeah. Right, yes. So they're like, definitely not going to give a shit about yeah. a dog. They're like, let's fucking string out this dog. Right? Give him some opium. See what happens. Fuck see it. what happens. I'm going to guess that dog just like fucking passed out first. Like, yeah, he's like, oh my <laughs> just, like, God. nodded off in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Woke up three days later. They were like, he's fine. He's great. <laughs> I love this. Eventually, they started to think hey, if we can inject all that other stuff into animals, maybe we can inject blood from one animal to another. Mm. And the English were like, fuck it, let's try it. So they did and were able to successfully perform a blood transfusion from one dog to another. Fuck yeah. And while they were getting very close to performing transfusion experiments on humans, they hadn't quite gotten there yet. Then, in 1668, 40 years after Harvey's discovery of blood circulation and the subsequent experiments performed by the English, a French physician named Jean-Baptiste Denis attempted the first animal-human blood transfusion. Denis came from very humble beginnings, but had worked hard, determined to make a name for himself as a doctor. Although, at the time, he was considered an outsider to the French medical community because if you wanted to be a respected physician in 17th century France— you needed to train in Paris. Mm. And Denis had trained in Montpellier in the south of France. Slacker. Right? So, like, get the fuck out of here. Bullshit. So, Denis decides that he's going to reach for transfusion, which the French elite weren't super thrilled about. Mm. Because unlike the English, the more traditional Catholic physicians in France didn't believe in blood circulation. So they just thought that there's just... They were just sacks of blood? Yeah. They were still attached to very early models of medicine, uh, and the French found the whole idea of blood transfusion distasteful. Sure, and yeah. yeah. Well, and right. much of this opposition was rooted in the and, religious and thousands beliefs of people at the time. fucking died because of it. Yes. To hear it. <laughs> right. Yes. Because the Also, English... what the fuck does God have to do with any of this? Girl. I mean, coming from the fucking Catholic era. Um, 
Keep Get Kardashian into the, yeah. motherfucking mouth. For real. Like, stop. This is science here. Thank you. Enough. We're trying to save lives. Enough. Yes. And if you believe in God, who's benevolent, he's also trying to save lives. Yeah. Yes. Hot take. Correct, Just Monique. So much of the opposition to blood transfusion was rooted in the religious beliefs at the time, mm. because the English were Protestants and have a long tradition of pushing against tradition. But the French were Catholic, and they had a long tradition of pushing against those mm. who have pushed against tradition. Sure. So the English are far more open to these ideas and even started to wonder if you could pass on traits through blood transfusion. But in France, they are terrified by this idea. They were worried that transfusing animal blood might be able to create a change in species and feared that transfusion from animals would turn humans into chimeras or subhuman creatures. Well, wait, okay, I'm sorry. So they're, they're talking about transfusing animal blood to human blood transferring animal blood to human blood and they were worried that that would like give humans certain traits of animals okay so one am i fucked up in thinking that'd be kind of rad yeah i thought that too gonna be like yeah fuck yeah i literally don't see a downside to this i guess like one of their arguments was like almost that like i don't want to say like it would be like laziness because i don't like imply the animals but basically like if you you would just be like a cat and just be like... Yeah, or like you would just be like a yeah, cattle and you would just like not have... To yeah, and you wouldn't have any sort of like impetus to do anything and you would just be... It wasn't like, oh, suddenly we're injecting you with, you know, cat's blood and you have, you know, super reflexes and if we throw you off a building, you'll always land on your feet. Like, yeah. Catwoman. Catwoman, right? I mean, if that works, give me the fucking cat blood transfusion. Let's fucking do this. Literally fucking girl. I'm, and especially as someone who's very clumsy. I was just gonna say, like, I, that would be really helpful, actually. Thank you. I would, I would <laughs> seek that out personally. Thank you. Yes. Yes. But the French are like, no, we're gonna turn into fucking chimeras and subhuman creatures. No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> or they were worried that if it got to the point of human to human transfusion that it could even cause a change in someone's faith. That basically, if you put a Protestant's blood into a Catholic person, suddenly they wouldn't be Catholic anymore. Yes. So, I know. Fucking wild. Fucking wild, man. I mean, everyone knows that if you want to become a Protestant, you just drink Bushmills. (laughs) That's the dirty Protestant whiskey. Everyone knows this. Everyone Come on. James is the Catholic whiskey. Bush Rose is the Protestant whiskey. That's hysterical. Yeah. I didn't know that. So good to know. I absolutely know that because um, it's a useless information. It's a useless fact. That's why I know that. So my brain's like, you need it this forever. It will never come in handy at any point in my life except at a dinner party where I put this upon people who don't want to hear this. And right now. And which right I now. love. Yes. And you, you lovely folk have to listen to this bullshit. I'm fucking into it. <laughs> One French physician argued that someone who would be willing to fill his veins with another's blood would also possibly be prone to cannibalism. Yeah. See, okay, so that I thought the argument was So, like, was it's gonna, paranoia, basically. No, of course. I thought the argument was going to be almost a la Frankenstein of, like, you would take on the traits of, like, whoever died or eat all the horror movies and whatever. Like, yeah. Like, uh, if it was a murderer that you got the blood of, then you would be, like, uh, got murder you know, blood, yeah. fucking murder blood. And I'm going to murder people. But, like, what? Dude. I Also, 1640s? Yeah, we're up to, like, 1668 here. 
Okay, it's like 400 lifetimes away, so. Yeah. There's yeah. also that. Yeah. Again, we're like literally just getting away from the belief that your body is a bag of fluid that yeah. doesn't move. Ever. I mean, I kind of feel that. Yeah. Right now. I feel like I'm just in a meat sack. <laughs> just a sack of meat. moving. <laughs> Girl, same. I get it. I mean, I, I passed freshman year biology with a fucking prayer, like straight up. I was like, <laughs> They're like, and it's funny because I took biology and they're like, this is specifically for non-biology majors. I'm like, cool, cool. This Could you be... make it easier though? Yeah. It was so difficult. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, what the fuck is You're like, this? what is the real biology for the majors? This is Literally, crazy. Yeah. I could not understand how it was this hard. That's what she said. Ew. She didn't say <laughs> that. She never says that. Maybe she says it about a ghost stick though. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We're going to find out. <laughs> we are going to find out. <laughs> oh, shit. And while religion obviously isn't specifically mentioned in the scientific texts, it drastically influenced how blood transfusions were perceived at the time. Mm. Holly Tucker said, quote, A perfect storm had been brewing in Europe between France and England, mm. Catholics and Protestants, and especially science and superstition, mm. and transfusion sat at the heart of it all, end quote. Mm. But despite the French's stance against blood transfusion, Dunis was determined to make a name for himself and believed transfusion was the means to achieve his goal. So in 1668, he went ahead and performed his first transfusion on a 16-year-old boy who had been suffering from uncontrollable fevers for two months straight and had already been bled. Because again, bloodletting is the main for sure. it's cure for shit at yeah. the time. Yes. Had A.K.A. Al- the reason why our, the first president of the United States fucking died. Yes. Bloodletting. They literally mentioned this in the book. Like, yes. it's, yes, insane. Knows, this is a fucking thing. Yes. A hundred years after this. Yes. And this boy had already been bled over 20 times. Out. 20 times. Can you imagine that? You're sick as fuck. Who knows with what the fuck? And then, like, I mean... I think maybe you just have some bad blood in you, so let's just like let's just go with the spot out. Let's just bleed your let's shit just out. Get the spot out. Like in the Nick, which is is pretty accurate, and takes place in 1901. Bloodletting is still a thing at that point. In yes, time, which is like 250 years away from this. Yes, thing. like that's fucking terrifying. No, I'm but sorry, like 350 yes. years away from this, it's yes. fucking wild. It was just like when in doubt, fucking just cut let the that blood, blood out, yeah. baby. Duny used sheep's blood for the transfusion. Oh, shit. And at the time, that made sense to them. The thought behind that being that because animals don't drink or swear or overindulge in their passions. Oh, swearing's a big thing? Well, to, to the religious people. Okay. That's a no-no. So they believed that animal blood would be purer than a human's. Mm-hmm. That it was somehow, like, less tainted. Also... Animal blood, particularly sheep or cow's blood, is actually slightly cooler than a human's because the animals are typically calmer. So they thought that if they moved the cooler sheep's blood into his veins, it would help reduce his fevers. And he wouldn't get into like hypothermia immediately because I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not a fucking doctor, obviously, but this is all sounding not great to me. (laughs) Hot take. Duny first bled three ounces from the young man of the blackest, most putrefied blood they had seen. Yes, girl. Then the family butcher brought in a lamb and set to work opening its carotid artery. Originally, they used goose quills tied together with strings for the transfusion. They would cut you with a lancet, then insert the goose quills into the incision. 
Later on, they had a more elaborate system using silver pipes. In Dunia's experiment, they hooked up the lamb and the young man with a series of rudimentary metal tubes. Dunia reported that the patient shuddered as he felt a strong sensation of heat in his arm, which was actually a sign that his body was rejecting the blood. Uh Then the young man relaxed as an immediate feeling of coolness and peace came over him. When the 16-year-old woke up the next morning, he was alert, agile, and seemingly cured of his fever. For Dunia, the transfusion was a success. The boy didn't die. Because that the, that's where the, the back then, the yeah, they literally it's judged the success of a medical procedure on whether or not you lived through it. Not whether or not it solved your issue. Just like whether or not you lived. They're like, guys, we fucking nailed it. We got this. We're good. But encouraged by his apparent success, Duny decided to pay a healthy middle-aged man to try the transfusion procedure on next. Wait, I'm sorry. He paid him? Yes. Oof, okay. This time... Red flag. Eh, you kind of had to back in the day. They're not going to just like... No, I understand that. But it also like... It gives you the vibe of like an action park when it's like, hi, we've created this like very dangerous slide that we didn't have an engineer put together. Uh, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can get through it. And... Yeah. And then it was just like kids had their teeth Teeth? Oh, no, I can't. The teeth in the tanks were the thing that stuck uh, with me from that and I like couldn't. So like it's just giving me like flashbacks of that. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, I know. That really got me. The, yeah. the tea thing always the tea got me. That. Yeah. Yes, yes. This time, Duny had no therapeutic intentions, and his objective was purely experimental, i.e. he's doing it for chips and giggles. Mm. His second patient was a butcher, most likely the one who provided the sheep for the first transfusion, and was a very colorful figure. Obviously, due to his job, he was very comfortable around blood and remained in good spirits as he watched the procedure, marveling at his veins, pulsing with sheep's blood. Mm. When the transfusion was over, the man jumped right up and began expertly butchering the dead animal. He then asked Duny if he could take it home for dinner. Ah, Never one to waste. Waste not, want not. Of course. Duny was thrilled with the results of the experiment. But his excitement was short-lived because a few hours later, he stumbled across the butcher in the tavern. The man was already drunk, and Duny was annoyed that the money he paid him had been spent in such a way. Who gives a fuck? He came in to reprimand the man, but the butcher slung an arm around Duny and slurring his words told him he'd never felt better. Then he asked when he and his drinking buddies could get another one of those blood experiments. But fuck. Yeah, they're like, let's get this fucking money. We gotta fucking buy booze. Yeah. So yeah. But as annoyed as Duny was, this interaction only confirmed to him the success of his work. Again, his patient had survived the transfusion procedure, and not only that, the man seemed to be in greater spirits than before. Although, I mean, that's probably just the booze talking. Mm -hmm. On June 25th, 1667, he drafted a letter that laid out every detail of his successes. The letter was then sent to a printer shop and later distributed broadly both in Paris and in England. In the letter, Duny claimed to be the first physician to have performed a human blood transfusion, which gave the French the credit for originating the procedure. Mm. And the English were fucking pissed. Yeah. Because Duny's cross-species experiments had been directly inspired by the experiments performed at the Royal Society in England. But the animosities were not just scientific rivalries. They were part of an increasingly complex political puzzle. At the time, international relations had been pushed to their limits. Competition to dominate trade routes in the New World and Asia caused increased tension between European countries. Any peace they achieved was always fragile at best, and Europe seemed to be constantly on edge. 
At the time, the English were at the height of their tensions with the French, mainly because the English had supported the Dutch during the Franco-Dutch War, which had ended only a decade earlier. So just a little political background to kind of give you an idea. This uh, is very fresh. Yes. But Dunis didn't give a fuck what the English thought and declared his own one-man war against England's royal society. Mm. In the weeks that followed his first animal-to-human experiments, he launched a major self-publicity campaign, but in his announcements, conveniently forgot to mention any of the pioneering research done by the English that he had based his own experiments on, which is a big no-no, because even back then, like, this is not just taking into account, like, normal, modern, scientific, ethical questions. Even back then, it's understood that you give credit where credit is due, and you should at least briefly mention the forerunners to your work. Got to. But Duny didn't mention Christopher Wren or Richard Lower or Boyle or any English physicians whose work came before him and pioneered the field. Savage. He didn't even mention Harvey, who was the only reason any of them even knew blood circulated to begin with. Mm. Instead, he credited the idea to an unknown French Benedictine monk, Dom Robert. Apologies on the pronunciation for this. Discable? Sounds great to me. Sure. A man few had heard of and of whom little historical trace is left. Mm. This claim by Duny was no more than wishful hearsay or a complete fabrication. Mm. The influential secretary of England's Royal Society, Henry Oldenburg, didn't like that and set out to refute Duny's claims in his new edition of Philosophical Transactions. While that alone wouldn't be enough to regain all that had been lost, it certainly helped that one of the highest placed members of the French court, Louis XIV's secretary, also agreed with Oldenburg that credit for the discovery of transfusion belonged to the English. Mm. In a letter to Oldenburg, he said he had informed Duny that he was mistaken and warned him not to continue spreading this misinformation. Oh, shit. He also said, quote, all honorable men agree with your opinion, mm. end quote. But again... Duny honestly doesn't give a fuck. He's actually kind of enjoying pissing off both the French and the English. <laughs> As a man of humble birth, he'd accomplished more than he thought possible and okay. had no intention of stopping now. But now the English are more than ready to get into the game and perform their own animal-human transfusions. Oh my god. But they know they need to set themselves apart from Duny's experiments, and they decided the best way to accomplish this was to get a subject that was very different from the ones used in the French trials. So they decided to try their experiment on, quote, some mad person in the hospital of Bethlehem, end quote. Nope. Yeah. Not a cute look, guys. No, it's not great. They eventually decided to use 32-year-old Arthur Koga, a well-educated man from a respectable family. He preferred to speak in Latin, and there was something a little off about the man's behavior, but no one could really put a finger on what it was. The diagnosis at the time was that his brain was, quote, sometimes a little too warm. And huh? Yeah. Part of the bloodletting, I guess, was that, like, they thought the that you were, the yeah, they thought that basically you were producing too much blood, which is why you were getting too hot. Uh-huh. So, so that in to order to, yes, uh-huh. relieve this heat from your body, we needed to bleed you. Um, it makes no sense. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And to, like, explain it as if it's going to make sense to someone who knows the information we know now, you're just <laughs> right. like, what? What? Yeah. 
Um, no, I, the, the first thing I immediately thought was in Young Frankenstein, when he's supposed to get the brain of some brilliant whoever the fuck, and he and uh, Igor drops the brain. So he's like, I'll get this other one. And uh, and then the monster is alive and he's like fucking wilding out. He's like, um, was this like Hans? Yes. He's like, no, was it? No, okay. Um, whose was it? It's like Abby, Abby someone. something. <laughs> Abby someone. Abby who? Abby, Abby normal. normal. <laughs> <laughs> you had me put an abnormal <laughs> brain into a six foot tall. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. So good. Oh my god. And Gene Wilder is like a master of a freak out. Oh my god. He's so good. Like him and Diane Keaton do a freak out like no other. Oh my gosh. It's so cathartic. Yes. It's so wonderful. To yes. Watch. Uh if for some weird reason you've never seen Young Frankenstein, look at your life, look at your choice. Seriously. Fucking go right now. It's so one of my favorite good. movies of all time. It's so good. It's so good. So Koga agrees to the experiment. They do the transfusion. It's success. He says he feels great afterwards. Although the experimenters still wondered about his mental state. Intending to repeat the treatment several times, they scheduled another transfusion. Again, it was a success. But when they talked to Koga about performing a third transfusion, he refused, saying the procedure had turned him into a sheep. He then said he would only submit to further experiments if they would transform him entirely into a sheep. While this seems like just your run-of-the-mill madman rant, it's far more likely that he was told to say that by adversaries of the Royal Society, which was frequently mocked for its excessive enthusiasm for unconventional experiments. But even with the emergence of that insane idea, there wasn't any real outrage in England that transfusion was something morally corrupt or frighteningly wrong. In France, of course, it was a completely different story. The idea of transfusion, and specifically Duny's experiments, had angered the Academy of Sciences and the Paris Faculty of Medicine. They declared his experiments nothing short of heretical, and at the very least claimed his imitation of the English was treasonous and proved his allegiance to English science. Yeah, everyone's fucking wiling out back then. Yeah, I know. But again, Dooney doesn't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. He's got a ton of publicity from all this drama, and he just wants to keep building his reputation. So what does he do? Well, copying the English worked great the first time around, so might as well do it again, right? Boom. Right. So, Duny decides he's also going to perform a transfusion on a madman. And not just any madman, but the legendary madman of Paris, Antoine Mouvois. Antoine had once been a valet for a French aristocrat. He fell in love with a noble woman and wished to marry her, though his love was unrequited. Mm. His broken heart eventually drove him literally insane Uh. he suffered from hallucinations and was known for running naked through the parisian streets yelling and screaming oh my his family arranged a marriage for him however to a local girl named perrine downplaying his madness to his bride-to-be hoping that married life would help settle his insanity um spoiler it didn't yeah he was just super abusive to his wife when he wasn't wandering around the streets naked and screaming she would literally have to tie him to the bed for her own safety. Holy fuck. Like, she would go to her neighbors and be like, hi, can you help me, like, tie him down so he doesn't beat me? And her neighbors would, like, come help her tie her husband to the bed. 
also you don't need to be married. I know at this time, like you kind of did. You kind of do, yeah. That shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. So it's not really clear how Duny met Antoine or how he came to be under Duny's care. It seems like sometime in late November 1667, the men schemed to pluck him from the streets by force if necessary. It didn't quite come to that, and under the guise of taking pity on and helping him, they convinced him to come with them. But let's be real, they just straight up abducted this guy from the streets. Yeah. Regardless, Duny hoped that by transfusing Antoine with the calming blood of a calf, he would be able to cure his insanity. And again, that's that like... The calf's calm, so I'm going to put this blood, and yes. then he'll have the calmingness of the right. calf. Gonna, he'll get this... Like, transfer the personality. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And on December 19th, 1667, Duny successfully transferred 10 ounces of calf's blood into Antoine. He felt heat in his arm, his pulse raced, and he started sweating. But eventually, the transfusion was over, and he was still alive. Mm. Which, time out. Just like picture this whole scenario for a second Mm -hmm. so it's 17th century surgery basically they're (laughs) yeah they're cutting into you at least so like i mean it's not like they're opening you up completely but like they're at least cutting into your arm is is anesthetic a thing at this point oh god absolutely not absolutely not you're awake uh it's (laughs) it's definitely not sanitary uh now they're dragging a live animal either a goat or a calf into the room with you and it's the 1600s like Moni just said, they're not sedating you. They're definitely not sedating this animal. So, like, nah, nah, like the entire fucking time, they would literally open. bludgeon them until they were calm enough to tie the animals to a table. Yes, like yes, I know. I just had to say that because I feel like everyone's picturing like, oh, just like you hold a little lamb and it's fine. No, no, it's yes, Moni. Monique is, like, covering her mouth with her hand and, I'm like, is shocked. On my face. Yes, because correct. That is the correct response to the situation. I could not get past the thought of that. No. No. Why would anyone? Yeah. They're like, oh, this animal's freaking out because we're uh, bringing it to a house and trying to drain it of blood. So we should just beat the shit out of it. Because the, the, blood, the blood letting is not traumatizing no. enough. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. The things we had to do so that now it could be like, uh, hi, I need some blood uh, transfused to me and we match. Is that cool? Yes. Like, this is the, the, the journey. Yes. <laughs> How we got there. This is wild. For the record, the discovery of blood types was not made until 1901. Mm-hmm. It is 1668 as we're speaking right now. It's a... Uh, it's a plot line on the Nick. If you haven't seen it, get the fuck on it. It's so good. Bam. Yes. Yes. So because he had survived, Antoine's first transfusion was deemed a success. A few days later, a second transfusion followed. It was more intense for the patient than the first. He felt the same symptoms from before during the procedure. But after, things got even worse. Antoine began suffering from debilitating fever, nausea, diarrhea, and nosebleeds, And his urine was as black as, quote, unquote, chimney soot. Chimney soot. That is so fucking disgusting. Can you imagine, Moni? And literally, yeah. You're like peeing ink, basically. No. Absolutely not. You got the the black bile or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
However, despite all of that awfulness, he started to feel better a few days later, and he wasn't acting like his usual mad self, so he appeared to have been cured. Meanwhile, Perrine, Antoine's wife, who had returned home to find that her husband, who she had tied to the bed, had somehow escaped. Oh, shit. Yes. So she was now searching Paris for her missing husband. That's a great time. Right? Like, and the fact that, like, <sighs> this man beats this woman, and she literally is still like, I mean, I have to go get him, though, because I can't, like, Girl, not no. have my husband. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> In this time, you, apparently you couldn't really. Second real shitty. Fucking lover. When she heard the rumors about the recent experiments being performed on a quote-unquote madman, she knew it must be her husband. She found out where he was being kept and went to retrieve him. When she arrived and saw her husband, she was amazed. The quote-unquote madman's demeanor had radically changed, and he was now, quote, of a very calm spirit, end quote. People who had known him before his madness said he was, quote, restored to the same state he used to be in before his frenzy, end quote. Oh. Dunis set to work publicizing his success, and over the next two months, Dunis' acclaim grew. He continued to visit his patient every day in the week that followed the first two transfusions. He eventually declared him completely cured, and Antoine and his wife returned home. Perrine was hopeful that her husband's madness and abuse were behind them, but she couldn't shake a lingering sense of dread. And unfortunately, she was right. Antoine remained in good condition for about two months, but then his health changed abruptly and the madman's ravings returned even worse than before. Mm -hmm. Duny blamed Antoine's return to madness on basically anything else. Too much, yep, too much sex with his wife, booze, tobacco, whatever. That is known to do that. Sure, yeah. Shortly after, Perrine traveled back to Paris to ask Duny to perform another transfusion. But... Something about Perrine's demeanor had changed completely. The once timid woman was now filled with a boldness that made her nearly unrecognizable. Mm. She demanded that Dunis speak to her and threatened to have a Paris judge force Dunis to transfuse her husband if he wouldn't do it himself. Oh, shit. Which was something that because of her social standing, she was not actually able to do. <laughs> so she's getting a little big for her britches, yeah, as they say. Yeah, above her weight. Yeah. Yeah. Settle down. But Duny agreed and traveled to the Mouvois house to perform the procedure. Oh my God. When Perrine let them inside, they found her husband tied to the bed, and in the center of the room, surgical tools and bloodletting bowls were already neatly lined up on the table. Can you imagine walking into that scene? No. First of all, I didn't include this. Yes. But he literally, as soon as they walk in the door, like starts yelling at them because yeah, he's, yes, ranting and raving. Yeah. Perrine showed them the calf outside and ordered them to begin the procedure. But there was something off about the whole situation, and Duny could sense it. Perrine didn't have the resources to buy all those tools, nor would she have known what they needed. Plus, the Mouvois barely had enough money to feed themselves, yet somehow had enough to buy the specific animal needed for the transfusion. Slowly backing towards the door, Duny told Perrine that her husband wasn't in any condition for the procedure. Before they could leave, though, she showed them the bruises on her face from her husband's beatings, then crumpled to the floor in tears, begging them not to leave without giving her, quote, the satisfaction of having tried all possible means to recover her husband, Mm. end quote. 
taking pity on her, uh. the men agreed to perform the transfusion against their better judgment. They hooked up a narrow tube. It's a trap. Right? Girl. They hooked up a narrow tube to the vein in his arm, then opened a vein in his foot to drain the old blood and make room for the new. Uh-huh. But as soon as they made the incision on his foot, Antoine began to shake in a violent fit. Fuck. Duny insisted that no blood came out of the foot or the arm. What the fuck? Yep. Unable to perform the procedure on the wildly trembling man, they were forced to remove the tube in his arm and stitch him back up without ever opening the artery of the calf. Uh-huh. Duny and his colleagues left Antoine just as they had found him, but were troubled by what they had seen. Uh-huh. The next day, Antoine Mouvois was declared dead, and Duny wondered what had killed him. It was clear that the cause of death had not been the transfusion, since no blood had actually been transfused, mm-hmm. and the calf hadn't even been cut open when the seizure started. Mm-hmm. Duny went to speak to the widow to try to find out what happened, but when she realized he intended to perform an autopsy, she exploded and chased him from her house. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which the like, lady doth protest too much. Yes. Red fucking flag, bitch. Red flag. Duny left, but yelled that he would be back tomorrow to, quote, do the thing by force, end quote. Oh, shit. In response, Perrine immediately arranged to have her husband buried. Of course. Yep. And by the time Duny arrived the Get next morning, the he was already in the ground. As news of his death spread. Raise that motherfucker up. Right? Like, take that bitch up. As news of his death spread, so did the rumors that his death had been the result of the blood transfusion, and eventually Duny was accused of murder. Oh, shit. Duny laid low in the wake of the accusations until a few months later, who should show up at his doorstep again but Perrine. This time, though, she was contrite and confessed to the doctor that she had been approached by several physicians Uh who offered her money to bear false witness against Duny. Mm Mm-hmm. In self-defense, he went to lodge a formal complaint against Perrine and her unnamed accomplices. Mm. Uh, and they have to, like, bring it to the court or whatever. So the yeah. court decided this was uh, worthy of a trial. And oh, so they agreed and a trial was set. An investigation was launched and police found vials of arsenic powder in Perrine Mouvois' possession. Arsenic poisoning was known to cause symptoms such as tremors, seizures, and delirium, which could explain Antoine's intense delusional behavior right before the third transfusion. Wait a second, she's fucking poisoning him? Girl. After this discovery, it was suspected that Perrine Mouvois had been administering arsenic powder to her husband's Holy broth. Holy fuck. At the trial, yep, which was known as the Affair of Poisons, after hearing all of the evidence, the judge cleared Duny of all accusations. Perrine, on the other hand, was charged with her husband's murder Mm. and sent to the Grand Chatelet prison. No further investigation was carried out on Perrine's accomplices. People Denis called, quote, enemies of the experiment, end quote. Mm. What was clear was that these, quote unquote, enemies were members of the medical establishment who feared that transfusion from animals would turn humans into chimeras or subhuman creatures. Mm. The craziest part of the trial was that at the end, the judge ordered that, quote, no transfusion should be made upon any human body, but by the approbation of the physicians of the Parisian Faculty of Medicine, end quote. And this didn't just force Duny to end his studies in blood transfusions. 
It meant that blood transfusions experiments were basically banned and were not performed in France for 150 years after the Duny case. Holy fuck. 150 years. And the rest of the world is like getting a, a leg up on it. So here's the thing. While transfusions weren't banned in England, the damage had already been done. And transfusion was, according to Holly Tucker, considered, quote unquote, officially dead. Mm. The idea of transfusion had been tainted and the English's experimentation largely stopped as well. It wouldn't be until the 1800s that doctors would once again make serious attempts at transfusion. While much of the court records surrounding the Duny trial has been lost, all existing 17th century accounts do agree on one thing. Antoine Mouvois died of arsenic poisoning. Mm -hmm. To date, no study has attempted to unveil the identities of the doctors who feared transfusion so much they would resort to murder. Damn. It wasn't until Holly Tucker, an associate professor for both the Center of Medicine, Health, and Society, and for the Department of French and Italian at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, was preparing a lecture on William Harvey and stumbled on the cases of blood transfusions and was surprised to find out it was happening in the 17th century. Fascinated, she continued her research, eventually publishing her book, Blood Work, A Tale of Medicine and Murder in the Scientific Revolution. So... Spoiler, if you would like to read the book and be surprised, I would maybe just like tune out for a couple of minutes because I'm about to spoil the book for you. So <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like every other article didn't mention this and I specifically downloaded the book so I could like find out who the fuck did it. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm literally going to like blow up everyone's spot here. Okay. So there you go. Spots deserve to be blown. Yeah, there you go. According to Tucker, the most likely culprits were... Dr. Henry Martin de la Martiniere, a credentialed and practicing Paris physician who literally said he had a prophetic dream. Oh, relax. Where first a beautiful woman shows up and she like washes his eyes and his face in his oh. dream oh. because he needs like his eyes to be clear so he can see, see the see. truth. Yeah, of course. Yes. And course. then Apollo comes and he shows him this scene, this horrible scene of the future that he has to prevent and Basically, it was a bunch of scientists, like, injecting milk into a cow until literally, like, the milk oozed out of its, like, orifices. Uh So he has this dream. He's also the one who believed that um, blood transfusions would turn people into cannibals. Uh And he believed that, like, this was his, like, this was his calling, that he literally had to, like, shut down blood transfusions, that this was, like the horror of the new world and that like he was the one who had to make sure this didn't come to fruition. Tucker also believed he was accompanied by again, apologies on the names, Gulami LeMay, a well-respected and influential member of the Paris medical faculty who claimed that transfusion was just quote, a new way to torment people. End quote. Yeah. While Antoine Mouvois' true murderers were never caught and Perrine was the only one formally charged with murder, it was clear she was merely a tool for more powerful political and religious interests at the time. Mm. And that is the story of the murder of Antoine Mouvois and the contentious history of blood transfusions. Holy shit! Girl! I didn't know any of that. No! Yes. Uh, and Not again, yeah. 
it's not something I ever heard. It's not something I like ever learned. And I like was just looking up interesting things the other day and I stumbled across it. And I was like, this is absolutely fucking banana. We set back like 150 years. 150 years. Yeah. Because they literally thought that people were going to turn into chimeras and that you might possibly or like. Slash cannibals. Yes. Or that you might possibly like turn a Catholic Protestant if you injected them with Protestant blood. Which is obviously the worst of all of them. Oh my God. Jesus. What would we do? The humanity. Because they might not acknowledge the Pope as their leader. <laughs> is that the only difference between them? Just acknowledgement of the Pope? Uh, that makes sense. It's the yeah. Pope and then, uh, I mean. The, and I'm sure they have different Well, also that's because uh, that Catholics believe that when you when you get the host, which is the, the wafer. The Jesus, yes. The Jesus, the, the Jesus, if you will. That that is literally, not figuratively, literally the body of Christ. And the is literally the blood of Christ. And the Protestants were like, you know, maybe that's just like a representation. <laughs> Maybe not actually, though. Yeah. Uh, and I know... This that actually makes a lot more sense now. Literally, you just telling that story made a lot more sense for, like, every everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other thing is that they were kind of like, people are just kind of wilding out with the saints, and the saints are kind of being treated like gods, is uh, how Protestants felt. So they, like, 86 the saints. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they were like, just the big man. Just a big man. Whereas uh, for Catholics who or the big do three, it, right, I don't know how they're like, doing it. Yeah, it's like asking a friend to pray for you. Yeah, it's like ah, they got it in with the guy. So you talk to him, be like, "Hey, this is your specialty." It's like I'm asking yeah. for the manager, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're not. They know for, how to. You're they not asking for Steve Jobs. You're asking for the manager. I want to speak to the manager. Exactly. He knows how to get. Yeah. This escalated yeah. to the correct exactly. person. Thank you. Same thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But process were like, ah, you're kind of putting too much, too much emphasis on the manager. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I just like, I couldn't really handle that. I had never heard about this no, before. No, that's yeah. insane. I've never heard of it. And the fact that they like, this woman, Holly Tucker, basically like solved a murder like yeah. 400 years after it happened. It's pretty rad. It's so fucking rad. It's so fucking wild, dude. For the record, I didn't get to just like sit down and read the whole book, unfortunately. But I did read, like, several excerpts and, like, search through it. And I would look up yeah. things that I had further questions on to just see if she, you know, kind of explained it more. And it's honestly fantastically written. Mm. Like, it reads like a narrative, honestly. Like, so she literally makes a point of saying, like, in the beginning of it, like, hi, I know this is, like, a really well-written book and you're going to read it and it sounds like a story. But, like, by the <laughs> way, it's nonfiction. Just, like, FYI, I did, like, a fuck ton of research for this. Just, yeah. like, so yeah, you know. Bye. You're welcome. So, Holly Tucker... Blood work. Blood work. Right? It's fucking great. I again, what I read of it, super interesting, and I was honestly like hooked from the beginning. It's absolutely fascinating. And like the fucking shit that they tell you, because they kind of made it seem like when they banned the blood transfusion, they're like, oh no, no, like we're not doing this for like the religious reasons. We're doing it because like it's really dangerous and like we don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it like no. No. Bull fucking shit. Do you know how they removed bladder stones back in the day, which I found out from this book? They would either do a penile extraction, which that sounds fucking painful, or they would cut into your perineum and the doctor would shove his entire hand inside your fucking body cavity to get them out. By the way, most people did not live from this procedure because that's obviously super fucking dangerous. And I'm pretty sure his hand wasn't clean when he shoved it inside you. Definitely not wearing fucking gloves. Nope. Nope. That's wild. Wild. So... 
It's not because they were dangerous. It's literally because the religious beliefs of the time, like, made them think that this was going to make people cannibals and chimeras. Everyone needs to fucking relax. Everyone needs to fucking relax. Wash your hands. Stop bloodletting and relax. Literally. Wash your hands. (laughs) Stop bloodletting and fucking relax. Thank you. 17th century Europe. I want that, like, on a fucking plaque. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So hopefully, I mean, that was sort of traumatizing, but not maybe not too traumatizing. No, that's fascinating. I didn't know any of I mean, obviously, I knew the bloodletting, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't know any of this. I didn't, obviously didn't know the, the crime aspect of it. Girl, same. I was just, like, so fucking fascinated by this. It was one of those, like, I read this, and I was like, I probably, like, need more time to do this story fully. And I was like, I'm just, like, so intrigued, though, that yeah. I, like, devoured everything I could about it. And then was yeah. like, fuck it, let's do it. If you look at a lot of, of stories about people trying to discover, you know, make medical histories or whatever, it's all like a big dick contest. Oh, yeah. And like how I read this thing that in Italy, although it was probably a standard practice throughout the world, that people who delivered babies also did autopsies. Oh, probably. And they didn't wash their hands. Oh, between them? Stop! So the infant mortality rate was extraordinarily high and someone was like you know maybe if we went directly from handling a dead body to delivering a baby but fit between wash your hands maybe the babies wouldn't die and then there were doctors who were like fuck you i'm gonna double down and just have like four dead bodies before i fucking i'm not gonna wash yeah. my goddamn hands and like so many babies died unnecessarily yeah this like fucking pissing contest yeah. Until finally it was like, no, there's like a direct correlation between like handling a dead body and then bringing a new one that has no immune system into the world without ha- washing your fucking hands. Yeah. Like, Again, can you please just wash your hands? Like, I'm really, I'm really not even asking that much. Like, just wash your hands. It takes literally 30 seconds is what you're supposed to do. It takes 30 yeah. seconds. Can you please do that? Just wash your fucking yeah. hands. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, 17th century was fucking wild. So yeah. happy I don't live then. Girl. Can you imagine? Oh my god, no. Absolutely not. I just think the smell. Oh yeah. The smell has to be outrageous. I don't, yeah. Because this is the time of the chamber pot. Oh yeah. So literally chucking that shit outside. Yeah. Literal shit outside. Just like throwing it in the streets. Oh, thank you. Mm Mm-mm. Pass. I like indoor plumbing and uh, AC. I do, yes. And I I like the no bloodletting. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty great. I, I do like... Yeah, that we have blood transfusions. I like that. That's I'm okay great. with that. I'm very fortunate that I have not had to have one in my life. But Same. I'm pretty down with the fact that if I needed one, I could get one. Yeah. Honestly, all I kept thinking about when I was like reading this book and like picturing the <laughs> procedures was like when they're like pump, pumping. It's like the first episode where they're like pumping and they're trying to like catch all the blood in the containers yes. and they're like having to switch the tubing and there's blood like. All Everywhere. over the fucking floor Mary and all over the people and just or like a mask to be found. That was like all I was fucking thinking. Yeah. It was just like it's a lot. I can't even there's just the just and blood cranking, everywhere. The, the, cranking, the, hand, the, hand cranking. the cranking. Oh my oh, god. That's no, wild. no. So yeah, I was picturing it being a real uh real uh murder scene afterwards. Yeah. Um, that was amazing, though. I Good. This. I'm so glad you liked it. I feel like everybody uh, got to learn something, and we got a little bit of murder and true crime on top of it. So. And Amy read a book for you. I read a book for you. Not the whole thing, but, like, 
Enough. I, I did enough of it. Yeah. And highly recommended. I think I'm definitely going to go back and still read the rest of it now because it was really good. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks Blood so Work much. by Holly Tucker. Thank you, girl, for my ghost dick. I love it. <laughs> Guys, if someone has gotten on that ghost dick, has ridden that ghost D train, please, please, please. I'm like, I need to know everything. Please. Yes. And I need, it's, if you have and it was suboptimal, then maybe Amy has fucked a ghost. But I think it's great. <laughs> I don't think I have. Somebody needs to so. weigh in on this. Um, also, if you, apparently can get off in your sleep let us know i can't be the only one yeah i'm now concerned so someone needs to back me up on this um okay if that's a concern i know (laughs) not really it's very low no it's a pretty great i'm actually vibe i'm actually like like, i'm a fucking x-men then dude if i could do it all the time that would be every fucking night for me i just wake up like oh this is amazing hello good morning it sounds amazing good morning good morning right Same. Thank you for all of my Christmas presents. I love my poisoned mug. And thank you, Nellie, for my amazing Amy necklace. And I have my paranormal calendar. And I'm set for the fucking year, dude. I love it. I love you so much. I love you so much, dude. We love all you guys so much. We do. Please follow us on the gram if you don't already. Um, You got to because you're going to see the fucking Johnny Depp marriage picture. They're so fucking funny. It's out of your never remember. I never remember. I broke Monique with them. So, yes. Um, so you can, you can see that wild shit <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at pinupgirlmo. You can find me at lobotomy, and that's lobot period Amy. Every sixth episode, we do a true listener tales episode where we read your stories of crazy shit, and you can email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail with a period instead of you and fucking. Guys, keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.